Gruesome Herzog, the voice of horror. Christopher Allen Rommel. He's the mastermind behind Wireface in the beginning of 2011. How's it going, Rommel? Good, good, Gruesome. How are you? Good. Uh, Thank you for having me on. No problem. I came across this short film from um, Cindy Maples, and I did a review on it, and it has my utmost attention. Um, it looks and feels like a beginning of something new. So... Well, it was kind of our it was kind of our intention, so I'm glad uh, I'm glad we succeeded in that. It would be uh, it would be kind of kind of kind of crappy if people were like, yeah. So I saw the movie, and I don't really care what happens next. So um, <laughs> I'm glad that uh, <laughs> I'm glad the, uh, you know, the the point of it kind of came across. So uh, thank you. No, your review was uh, was excellent. Uh, we we I appreciate you taking a, a look at it first and foremost. I always make sure to thank people because there are a lot of independent films out there, and you know there's not time to watch them all. So I'm glad you took the the 28 minutes to uh, to watch our short and we're interested to see what comes next. No problem. Um, I credit Cindy Maples for that. Um, I knew she was in it, and we were talking in the interview, and, um, well, as I was getting ready to schedule the interview, she mentioned it to me, she sent me a link, so obviously I watched it right away. And one thing that I'm a big fan of is I'm a big fan of 80s horror. You know, I grew up in the 80s, the 80s slasher, the 80s serial killers and stuff, and... Like I explained in, in, in Cindy's interview, is when you watch the short film, it reminds you of a Lifetime movie. You know, you have the, the family drama, and then right at the end, I, you know, I will say no more, then it turns into something masterful, if you get what I mean. Yeah. No, it was a, you know, I don't know if we were going for directly a, a, a Lifetime movie. You know, I think some people, you know, I guess, some, some filmmakers may be like a Lifetime movie, what are you talking about? Because the most things you see on Lifetime are, you know, B movie stars from the 80s and some, you know, uh, you know psychopath drama. But, um, you know, I, I take that as a, as, a, as a compliment just because, you know, for the most part, that's technically kind of what it is. And that's the, one of the problems that, you know, we're, we're facing with how do you actively promote it? Because it, by telling the backstory of what will eventually happen in the feature film it's it's really not you know it's not a quote it's not horror it's not you know there's some suspense to it but that doesn't follow those you know tried and true guidelines for the genre that the feature film will be and you know we took a chance on, on doing that but uh, the one thing we wanted to do was to to give the the main character Xavier Paris who eventually becomes the serial killer known as Wireface we wanted to give him 
some better background where a feature film when you're dealing with you know 75 to 90 minutes doesn't allow you to get in a whole lot to who the person is you know look at um, you know Friday, Friday the 13th you know the classic horror films Friday the 13th Halloween Nightmare on Elm Street you know a little bit about the you know Jason and, and uh, Michael Myers and uh, Freddy Krueger but you don't get involved into their inner workings because there was never a quote unquote prequel or you know what we're trying to do beforehand it was just the Here's the situation these people are in. They're coming back. They're killing people, and go. Now, when we do the feature film, there will be some aspect of that. But at least this way, if people want to know more, there's more for them to get into. There's more background, something that we probably wouldn't have time to do in the feature film. But if we just wanted to make sure, you know, that people understood that he just wasn't some, you know, psycho that just snapped. There's actually a, a logical progression to his descent into madness. Right, and listeners, um, when I said lifetime movie, I don't mean that as boring. You know, I don't know who all watches lifetime movies, but what I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but but what I mean I is, it, it's, I don't imagine there's much crossover between your your audience. Yeah, and <laughs> right. So I had to make sure I clarify that. Um, yeah. Once it, once it's available, um, there is a link available that um, I'm going to be. Seeking out and finding reviewers to review it, but when you watch it, it's like he said. It's like leading up to him turning into the serial killer. It's what his life went through. That's what I mean by the lifetime aspects. Not exactly a lifetime movie, but it's just a good short film. I, I was blown away by it. It was different than what I've seen in short films because. Most short films, it gets right into the heart of the story. Boom, it's over with. But what you did was clever: is you actually built this backstory for the character of Xavier Paris. So well, that's, that's the uniqueness. Like we, yeah, no, I mean, I, I interrupt. That was one thing we were we were trying to do. We we looked at it from from the standpoint of one. I, I originally came up with the idea for Wireface uh, when I was in eighth grade, and you know, it's, it's basically just sat around. I, you know, I had a comic book friend, artist guy, and, you know, in the eighth grade, as much as you can be a comic book artist guy. Um, you know, he came up with some concepts, and I had the basic idea of what I wanted to, what, what wanted the guy to look like in, in the film. And then, you know, life happened, and I got into high school, and that was the last thing I really cared about. And then, you know, fast forward X amount of years, not to give anything away. Um, you know, it was time to work on another, on another film. And, uh, you know, I thought about this, and here in Kentucky, which is where I'm located, there are a lot of uh, horror films independently being made, and without getting into um, anything that I'll get held to later, um, I'm not so much impressed with a lot of, uh, with a lot, some are okay with a lot of the quality of them. I'm like you, I grew up on 80s you know, horror films that... You know, right, wrong, or indifferent, and you can say what you want to going back and watching the original, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, Friday the 13th, and Halloween. They do stand up over time because there was something more to them than just how much blood and how many naked, you know, chicks can we have, you know, in, in a short amount of time. You know, the body count, the higher it got, you know, the higher it gets now, seemingly the quote unquote better the films are. And I was like, well, you know, the films that I remember, they at least had some sort of thought process. You know, there there was some you know, sympathy, apathy towards the the main character. You could at least understand their reasoning for revenge. 
you know, Jason wanted to get back at the camp counselors, you know, Freddie Krueger wanted to get back at the parents. So, I mean, there was a, some aspect of that. Right. But with this film, we wanted to, um, instead of uh, treating it as a, uh, like a proof of concept to try to raise money for the feature film, I was like, well, what if we just take it, you know, have the idea for the feature film that, you know, the script's done, but it's like, well, if we're going to investors and distributors to get money, um, it's those saying, you know, tr- creating a short trailer for a feature film. It's like, well, wouldn't it be more, a little more interesting to have a background story? So not only can people see what the, the character's like and, and get introduced to the characters in the film, but they can also see that, you know, I'm not some, you know, dumbass with, you know, some camera going, hey, let's make a movie. Yeah. You know, so at least when I go and ask them for thousands of dollars, you know, they're like, I don't know, maybe, you know, we won't lose our ass by giving it to them. So, you know, it kind of served, uh, served both purposes with introducing the character and you know, setting up a background story, which, you know, this is the beginning, and after this there are several other parts to the entire canon, as it were, before we even get into the into the feature film. So, I mean, it's a, it's a you know, I hope everyone's following me out there because it may sound convoluted and kind of hard to follow, but there's a lot that's involved with this in total story that, you know, it's kind of hard for me to get into without rambling incoherently from time to time. Yeah, well, listeners, if you're interested in checking it out, I've been posting the web site address on my Facebook, but it's www.thewireface.com. You can go in there and check out some more stuff. Um, it's just an interesting short prequel. That's what I call it. And anybody who watches it, if they're a diehard horror fan, now when I say that, if they're, like I've talked before, if they're into that, you know, serial killer like Michael Myers and Freddy and Jason and so forth. When they watch this, it's going to leave them wanting more. So, check it out. I mean, it's going to be something special. That's all I'm going to say is it's very unique in what you see at the end. Um, I'm not going to go into detail about it because I don't want to ruin it. But, do you want to give them, give the listeners an idea roughly when it's going to be available? Uh, the, sh- the, sh- the, well, let me break down the part. This short film tells the beginning story. There are currently 15 webisodes on the internet that tell the story of what happens after the, this short film, uh, two years after the short film takes place. And then there's a graphic novel that'll be released, um, a comic, short comic book prequel comes out in October, and then there's a full graphic novel that comes out next year, and then we'll shoot the feature film. But the short film itself, uh, we're premiering it uh, next February. We're submitting it to film festivals now, which is why we just don't publish the link for everyone other than reviewers. I apologize. We have toyed with the idea of, as we're building buzz for it, because um, right now the the webisodes on the internet kind of give you an idea of what happens. You know, there's a serial killer and kind of what happens after the fact. But we're going to probably open it up to have like one day, 24 hours. Uh, we'll promote the hell out of it, where anybody can go online watch it and then we'll shut it down just to build kind of some, some more interest but it probably won't be available to the, general, the public at large until you know sometime next spring It'll, we'll go to festivals and conventions um, you know just because we don't want to give everything away um, but um, you know if you're friends of a friend of a friend uh, and you like the fan page for uh, on Facebook we have a, we have a fan page uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll keep people posted to when they can actually see it on their own excellent I was going to mention that Yep, there is a Facebook page, Wireface. Feel free to like it. Um, there's more information there as well. So, now, um, 
I had I got to edit this part out. <laughs> You're fine. Um, but um, I see that the, the Facebook page has grown to 673 likes, so that's promising. You know, I think the yeah, more. We've, I mean, we've uh, we've been working on this since last April, so I mean, we've been working on it for over a year and a half. The part of the problem was there's a. You know, without giving too much away, there's a, a mask element to the, the film, and we took a long time to, to get that right. And um, you know, we started the Friends of the Friends. We, we, the featurette, we actually shot part of it last November, and then we shot the rest of it in April, in March and April this year. So that took you know, three days of shooting over four months, essentially. So we've been, you know, Friends of Friends of Friends have been liking it, but, um, you know, we really haven't started promoting it out to the, the public at large. But, um, you know, we're happy with the... Uh, the progress we've received so far, we've just got the film listed on IMDb, so and you know, reviews are coming in from there. So uh, it's positive. It's just um, you know, as with anything, you want to, you know, more than anything to get people to like it so they can see it and other people can see it. That's really what the the, the bigger deal is. But you know, if, if anybody out there has some sort of secret to Facebook fan pages to get more and more people to like them, you feel free to let me know because. Uh, you know, they they claim 750 million people are on Facebook, but I mean. Good luck getting them to you know like and to see all your stuff. Yeah, that's a lot. Of, yeah, that that that's the hard part about fan pages because a lot of the when you make a fan page, um, a lot of people might have questions, but they don't want to write it for everybody to read. So there's really no yeah. way of contacting you directly. So that's the bad thing about Facebook pages. I mean, if they make it available that you can do personal messages on Facebook on the, on the pages, it'd be a lot better if Facebook would try and change that around. That's the yeah, they also changed the way you can invite people to Facebook, you know, the fan pages. Like, we keep telling people to tell other people. And, uh, you know, the webisodes that we release, they, they've gotten a lot of views uh, through our YouTube channel and they're on the website. But it's just getting, you, you can't invite people to like your pages anymore. And then if you do, it doesn't really show up in their, their feeds and all this stuff. You know, I don't want to go on yeah. too much about Facebook. But it's it's really difficult. That's why we, we'd rather people, we have a counter on our on the, our homepage of our website, and you can hear the the cool music that our composer Matt Head came up with. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I, I keep a little more attention to that and our actual views of the videos through YouTube because you know that lo- means a little more to me that people actually took the time. I mean, it doesn't take much to say click I like it and then click I hide it. <laughs> you know, so yeah. it doesn't appear. You know, <laughs> to like, oh, I'll just like it because you asked me to, but then I really don't care what you post. Right. So I'd rather have people go to the website and watch the movie, watch the videos, and then the movie, and that means a little more to me than you know the Facebook Facebook page. Well, on my um my review site at the bottom, I made a banner for the Wireface website. They click on there. You are the man. I will say this: everyone listening, you are the man. So I've 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 known you maybe less than a week officially. And you are the man. <laughs> but see, things that um, I like and things that um, I'm a part of, um, as far as being the pub guy, I try to promote as much as I can. Um, so no problem. You know, if I believe in something that I really enjoy, I do a full force promotion. So that's no problem. Well, you are the man once again. <laughs> but. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, anything that we forgot that uh, might be fine, interesting to the listeners? Well, I mean, the uh, 
you know, other than the fact, like I said, it took us, you know, we've been working on it for a long time. We came up with the concept for a while. You know, I do want to give a, you know, uh, shout-outs to all the performances. Um, you know, as anyone that's listening that is an independent filmmaker out there knows is that, you know, you can have high-end equipment and you can spend, you know, $1,000 on lighting and audio and locations and craft services and all that stuff. But when in the end it comes down to a, a decent script and the ability of your actors, and, you know, unfortunately when you're not in Hollywood or, you know, New York, you know, you're not dealing with quote-unquote professionals, and I mean that in the term that they're not professional people work with, but that's not all they do all the time. You know, I thought, it's, you know, the greater response that we've been receiving from people that have been able to watch it is the quality of the performances. And, you know, and as a director, you know, that's my job, but at the same time, you know, I didn't have to do, quote, you know, that much directing with these people. Cindy did a great job. John mm-hmm. did a great job. You know, yep. Renee, even Joe Chrysler, who plays... Um, Xavier's father. This is the first thing he has ever done, <laughs> and you know, it, I get more compliments on him. You know, and he's never acted before in his entire life. And you know, some of that is by luck, and you know, so I was very blessed to you know have great people people to work with. And uh, you know, the composer Matt Head, I found him on Twitter. I <sighs> post like need some need some music for an independent film because I came up with the theme music. But I'm not a composer, and I don't I don't play one on TV. Right. So I posted something on Twitter, and a friend of a friend of his found it, and uh, he emailed me. He's from Atlanta, Georgia. I've never met him before in my life, and uh, he sent me his uh, website. And I looked at it, and I was like, "You're awesome!" And I, sent, I I whistled into a microphone what I wanted it to sound like. It, it just the first opening bars. If you go to the the, the wireface.com website, that that's the theme music. And I just whistled that to him, and uh, he came up with this entire score based on that music and his turnaround is awesome and uh, you know, that was kind of one of those interesting things that uh, you know the, the power of social media is uh, and I've worked with him on a couple other projects since then so I mean that's pretty cool but uh, all in all it's just uh, you know, the career the camera work the sound everyone involved it's uh, you know it's one of those where I couldn't be happier with, with the project it's uh, you know as I tell people uh, filmmakers that want to make a movie making the movie pretty much the easier part of the whole process now it's getting getting the word out there so anybody that uh, likes it and watches it and you know, even if you don't like it let me know what you don't like you know cause this is just a, a preview of a, a prequel for the feature film so you know we'd like to take input in and see what people want for the for the feature film we have it it written and we're working on it but you know anything that uh, fans have to say we're always appreciative and you know, happy to I'm happy to listen Right. Well, that's one thing about the the website. When you go on there, that music starts playing, and I think that music is so cool. It's just so. Well, that's one thing I, I took from you know, and, you know, without you know, without getting into you know, my influences, you know, I, I looked at it from the standpoint of what, why do the '80s horror movies work so well? Well, there's guys in masks, so yep. yes, we do have a mask. A lot of that's merchandising. I'm sorry, it was just you know. I'm a businessman. That's what yep. I'm I think a lot of filmmakers would do better if they were business people as well. So I think we have merchandising tie tie to these things, to this movie that we're working on. And there's, you know, a mask. You can even see the mask on the homepage. But the, the one thing I looked at, I was like, well, you know, whether you've seen Halloween, whether you've seen, you know, uh, Friday the 13th, you know, whether you've seen Hellraiser, where you've seen any of the horror, horror movies, you, you see the you see Pinhead, you see you know Freddy Krueger, you see Jason, you know exactly what movie they're from. Yep. Whether you've seen it or not, you hear the Halloween score, you know exactly where that's from. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I didn't want to steal. So I mean, they look nothing like, they sound nothing like any of those things. Right. Looked at it from a straight business standpoint of 
we're here to sell, in the end, you're here to sell a product. The product is the film. You believe in the film, but how do you get that out to the most people? So I was like, I need a theme song. So you know, I've spent a lot of time thinking about it. And um, we're going to release a, uh, you know, if you look, watch the film, the theme music comes from a, you know, a music box that is a big part of the film and actually comes back in. Uh, later in the feature film has a, a lot to do with the story as it progresses. So, um, you know, hopefully, you know, people can appreciate that and don't, uh, you know, think I steal things and so on and so forth. There's, there's, there is a fine line between paying homage and actually stealing something. I didn't steal anything. I'm just, uh, you know, taking, taking what has been done before me and, uh, using it for uh, my own project. And, uh, anybody that doesn't appreciate and understand that, uh, I have nothing to say to you. <laughs> well, you um, heard the interview I think, with Cindy Maples, and the thing about Cindy Maples that I find fascinating is one, her voice, okay, mm-hmm. and two, the way she looks and how she plays a mother role. It rem- uh, I said it before; it reminds me of Patty Duke. Now I don't know if you heard that before, but yeah. she's. I don't know if. Another actress could pull that role off as a mother. I mean, as far as the 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 voice and how she did it, I don't know who else could have pulled that off. I mean, I'm sure somebody could, but for her playing the mother role in there and what she says and does, it's amazing. She made that. I agree. She made that role better than what she was supposed to. If that sounds right. Yeah, no, and she does a, a very good, you know, because her character, you know, uh, doesn't make sense when people watch it. I mean, her character is a very, you know, rural, southern, religious person who's basically been isolated from the world, has a, you know, a husband, and there's some issues there. And then her kid, and, you know, she borders on, you know, being way super religious, but at the same time, there's definitely an edge. Yeah. To the character, which you can see it pop here and there, yep. and it really it'll, it'll really come out in the film. And you're you're right; not everyone can play it. And we had a really difficult time until she came into audition. Was that this, this script for the story wasn't finished yet? So I actually had her read a scene from the feature film, which which is very intense. And I knew ahead of time I was like, if, if I can find somebody that can pull this off, just in a cold read at an audition, you know, I'll find them up immediately. And, and she did. She did phenomenal, and uh, you know, it's, it's, you mentioned Patty Duke, and I think you're right. There's a lot of it, and I think it's even even more interesting the fact that she's, you know, this is I think her only you know fourth or fifth project, um, you know, and I'm not going to get into you know her age. Uh, she's a she's a very youthful 29, so um, you know, in order to make her look um, uh, you know older throughout the film, you know, we do that. We try to do the, the best we could because she plays a wide range of, of ages from, you know, 30s all the way up to 60, you know, late 60s. But she was able to, to pull that off and I don't think anybody, a lot of people could do that. And we looked at using a younger actress or an older actress and making her younger, but, you know, uh, Cindy fit, you know, all of the things we were looking for that could be, you know, a believable, um, uh, you know, character because um, she's a you know, no no offense, Rusty, and my, my wife who, who listens to me. She's a very attractive woman, and uh, she does have that southern mm-hmm. type of skill to her, which is kind of kind of what we were looking for. And I mean, she pulled everything off beautifully, and it was a pleasure to, a pleasure to work with her. She's a consummate professional, and I look forward to you know working with her again on the film. Yep, I agree. I agree one hundred percent. 
But like I said, I wish you the best. I think it's going to be successful. Um, it will be successful. I mean, once these old-timers like me <laughs> that grew up in the 80s era will really dig this. It's a new... I can't remember what I posted on Facebook. A start of something beautiful. Or I don't know how I put that, but it's, it's going to be a good Everyone film. Everyone just go to his Facebook and you'll, you'll be able to... Uh to look at it um, you know like I said I think with the end people hang in there through the, you know, the lifetime aspect of it because it, it, this this film is a, is a drama more than it is a horror suspense movie and there is a lot of elements of suspense but we in the preview screens we've had I mean there, there are people that cried I and mean, there's some very emotional things and I think it, it'll only ultimately lead to understanding of right. why this character eventually does what he does and I question anybody that could say well you know, because what I question I wanted to put to people was, well, how would you react if X happened, and then Y happened, and then Z happened? I mean, you know, we took him to the breaking point, so when you see him in the film, because the film will be a departure. The film we're treating is um, when we do when we shoot the film, it's going to be more uh, along the lines of The Ring. Um, you know, more suspense. Where you know, there's a, a main character in the film uh, who plays a detective who's not in this short film. Uh, she'll come in later because the, the feature film will take place uh, six years later, and um, we want to treat it with more suspense, more to to please those people that you know may look at this like, wow, this is just a, a drama and it does have some suspense. It's like, well, it's humanized it's leading to something, and that the payoff at the end when we release everything and you know the film comes out and the, the graphic novel and then you know, follow up with the webisodes that it's it's part of a larger piece. Um, so you know, as long as they want to keep that understanding, I think it'll. I think they'll they'll be happy if by waiting and, and watching through it. Yep. Fantastic. Well, I want to thank you for coming on. Um, no problem. I'm gonna be. Time, I appreciate it. No problem. I'll be obviously be on this, um, following it, promoting. Anything you need from me, just give me a ring. Um, I have some ideas that I want to work on. Um, with more of the promotion public public yeah, publicist ideas to get it more promoted out there so I will let you know um, you know I'm game this is very interesting to me I love it and I see something big coming down the road uh, so uh, from from your lips to uh, uh, people with money ears I guess yeah <laughs> well you never know Oh, I know. It's, uh, I'm always happy with, you know, at this point, happy with uh, everything that we've, uh, we've been able to. So we've gotten in contact with a lot of people like yourself, and I'm, uh, everyone so far, the response has been better than I thought it could be. So, I mean, that's already starting off good. I mean, it'll, it'll end, and as with anything, you do the best you can and put it out there, and yep. either people like it and they gravitate to it or don't, but at least at the end of the day, if you can say you did the best you did, then that's all you can really you know, hang your hat on. You got it. All right. Well, Christopher... Thanks for coming on. Um, keep in touch, and I'll talk to you later. Thanks again. See ya. Bye. 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 B